The flesh is weak. We have got to let go and let God. And the sooner we do that, the better off we'll be. Make a covenant with the Lord today. And let him renew his spirit within you. Lord, as we break open this word this morning, Father. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would rebuke the devil in this place for he has no business here, Father. Lord, there are some things that are going on in my life that I have no control over, Father. The devil is trying to tell me that I'm no good to even stand up here and preach the word, Father. But I know that you've called me to do something special today, Father. So, Lord, I'm standing in the midst of prayer right now, Father. I'm standing in the midst of your throne, Father, asking that you would send angels into this place right now, Father. There is somebody here, Lord help us, somebody here who struggled to come to church this morning. Somebody who didn't even want to come, Father, but Lord, you sent them anyway. So I'm asking that you would touch their lives right now before I even make an appeal, Father. Open up their hearts to receive this difficult word, Father. I thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've entitled my sermon today, God is Tired of Fleshy People. God is Tired of Fleshy People. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 1, says, Therefore, There is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives us life has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law, have mercy, what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sinful offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Some of us struggle day in and day out with fleshy situations. I don't know about you, but sometimes you go on your job and your boss might get on your nerves. Sometimes even in board churches, board members get on your nerves. Come on now, let's keep it real. But what I'm here to tell you is that if you just focus on Jesus, church, if you just keep your hands in his hands, he will deliver us from everything that comes in our situation and come in our path. God has not started a work in us that he's not willing to finish. And even though times might get hard, even though situations might be bleak, even though you're not sure if your bread and your water is secure, what we do know that God will deliver us even in the roughest of times. God is looking for people that will stand up for what is right. 
God is looking for people who no matter what comes their way, they are focused on saving souls and making it to the kingdom of God. Jesus saves sinners just like you and me. And the devil is not excited about it. The devil will do anything he can to destroy you. He'll use your children. He'll use your husbands. He'll use your wives. He'll use family members. He'll use anything to separate you from the love of God. But don't become weak in the flesh. When things get so hard, Lord, I know that you will lift me up on high. Lord, I know when things get difficult, you will guide my footsteps. When I don't know whether to turn to the left or to the right, you're going to tell me which way to go because I've placed my love and in my heart within yours, Father. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on spiritual things. So if you're watching Scandal 24-7, if you're watching ESPN all the time, if you're watching the stories and you're not in the Word, guess where your mind is going to be? On fleshy things. But when I put my focus in Jesus, when I put my mind in God's Word, when I'm praying 24-7 for people who are lost, God is going to save me. He's going to do whatever he has to do to save us. God's love is powerful. The mind is governed by the flesh, is death. But the mind that is governed by the spirit is life and of peace. Verse 7 says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. When my mind is focused on fleshy things and not spiritual things, I cannot please God. Listen, I used to struggle with this thing. Monday through Friday, Cussed, did everything I wanted to do. Friday night come, I'm on my knees praying. Sunday, I'm back doing the same thing that I did Monday through Friday. Friday night, I'm on my knees praying. One day I give God, six days I give to myself. How in the world can I focus on God when six days I'm doing everything I want to do? We've got to flip that thing around. Seven days we need to be worshiping. Seven days we need to be praying. Seven days we need to be fasting. Seven days we need to be in the presence of the Lord. Because the devil is going seven days to destroy you. Every Listen, we used to go through things once, twice, three times a year. Every day there's a battle. Every day there's a situation. Every day there's a struggle. Every day the, Lord, the devil is just on your back. And sometimes it gets so hard where you're just slumped over. But I'm here to tell you that if you just start singing a song sometimes. When I'm on my way to work, sometimes tears come into my eyes because I know that I know that I know what the Lord has done in my life. What the devil meant for bad, God always means for good. 
My life was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But my Savior delivered me, and I'm seeking to rise no more. I'm here to tell you a testimony. Should have been dead. Should have been dead. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives us life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your mortal bodies because the spirit of God lives in you. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Somebody ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus, right now. Oh, the devil, you can have my body. You can do what you please with this body. But if my mind is stayed on Jesus, I know that if I die today, church, if something was to happen to me when I walk out those doors because I'm focused on Jesus, I know that soon and very soon I'm going to see the king. We've got to get our lives together. Listen, the devil is not playing. He's not pl- Listen. If I had the time to tell you everything that's happened to me. Didn't know who my real father was. When I ask my siblings, who is my dad? Oh, we don't know, but you look just like him. That makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) You don't understand. Oh, you look just like your dad, but I don't even know who he is. So when somebody said, are you going to name your son to be a junior? No, he's going to have his own name. He's going to make his own path. God is in the restoration business. He's doing things in my life that I don't even understand sometimes. My calling and election is sure because even though I struggle with some things that happened in my past, and I do it every day, things that pop in my head, mother dying of AIDS, don't know who your real father is, don't even know half your family, but God says you've got a new family. You've got new people in your life. I'll take away the old things and replace them with new things. So yes, your mother died, but I'll put a new mother in your life. Yes, you don't know who your daddy is, but I got you a new daddy. You didn't have anybody love you, but I'm going to see your wife that loves you no matter what. You don't have to worry about a thing because I'm in your life right now. When Jesus is on the throne, When he's working miracles in your life, the devil can't do anything to you. And even if it does, it's ordained by God. It's ordained by Jesus. So whatever you're going through, church, let the devil know that you can't have your way with me today. Lord, have mercy on us. Oh, he listen, if you only knew how much God loves you. The ounce of love that he has for you. He sent his only begotten son to save you. But we make it so difficult. Oh, how can God love me when I just did this? How can God love me when I just was smoking a blunt? 
How can God love me when I'm fornicating, watching porn? It doesn't matter what you used to do. It doesn't matter what you did a minute ago. The thief on the cross knew enough to say, Lord, into my arms I commit my life to you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to burn up. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves to say that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs to Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings. In order that we may also share in the glory. Come on now. Oh devil you might have your way with me right now. Oh you might make me go through some stuff that I don't even know what's about to happen. But if you persecute me now and I'm staying in Jesus. I know that soon and very soon I'm going to get the glory. Oh, I might not have the house I want to right here. I might not be driving the car I might want to drive right now. I might be going through some powerful, strange situations. But I know that when I get to heaven, I'm going to have my own mansion. I'm going to be able to sing my own solo. I'm going to be able to preach the word of God and saying, Oh, heaven was cheap enough for me to get over there. But I'm not looking just to see my mom. And I can't wait to see her. But I'm looking for Jesus, the one who said, Edward, I've got you covered. Oh, I know that you was born into a crazy situation, but I had you from the beginning of time up until you leave this earth. I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for the one who can make anybody whole. I got to come out. Come out. Excuse me, excuse me. I know y'all worship some of this up here, but I apologize. I apologize in advance. Some of us treat the furniture better than we treat people in this church. Oh, don't touch the communion table. But yet you're cussing somebody else out. Oh, you better not, not in this church, not here. But some of us treat the communion table better than we teach, preach, than we teach to other people. I consider that our present sufferings 
are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration. Come on now, y'all got to listen to this. Not by his own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and to the glory of the children of God. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. As in the pains of childbirth. That's for you, Raina. Right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions in the sonship. Oh, have mercy. Sometimes it gets so hard that that you just start moaning because you're going through so much. But hold on just a little while longer. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, y'all missed that one. You missed that one. See, before my wife got pregnant, I was hoping. Uh Uh-huh. Wishing, praying that the Lord would intercede. But now that I see it, the hope is gone. Oh, y'all missing it. Who hopes for that they already have. She's already pregnant. But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. They that wait upon the Lord. Oh, sometimes God is not going to answer that prayer when you want it. But we all know that God is an on-time God. He does things in his own time and not our time. Wait patiently on the Lord and watch him do some things in your life. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Have mercy. But the Spirit himself, thank you, Lord, intercedes for us through worldly... Listen, our prayers make no sense to God. Because God is holy and righteous. So when we're praying some things, it does not make any sense to God. But the Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit somehow takes our mess, our sinful prayers, and he puts it before the Father. And he says, Father, your children need this. Your children need that. Father, intercede on your children's behalf. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Oh, sometimes I don't even know what to pray for. Lord, just help me. Sometimes it gets so hard, all I can say is, Lord, help me. Even in the midst of my mess. Listen, listen. I'm far from righteousness. Listen, I had to pray for forgiveness just before I walked into here. You hear me? There were some things that were going through my mind, and I had to say, I rebuke the devil. Lord, forgive me for my impure thoughts. I struggle with it every day. But I'm real with God. I'm real with Jesus. Lord, I ain't no good. I'm no good, but I know that you can save me. I know that you can do something for me that I can't do for myself. 
So Lord, stir up some mess in me. Put the right ingredients together in my life. Put the Holy Spirit wrapped up in Jesus with God's anointing in my life so that I can make it through this sinful situation. And he who searches our hearts uh-huh, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God people in accordance to Edward's will no the will of God and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose for those God foreknew he also predestined to be confirmed, conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those who are predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Woo! Woo! Listen. Oh, I almost shouted on that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going through some stuff. Uh-huh. We're going through some. Listen, when, when my brother called people up, for I, I watch people. I watch people. From when it was prayer time. I'm watching the saints. And there were some people who were agonizing as they walked up. Strains on their face, shoulders slumped over because they are going through something. But I'm here to tell you, if you just hold on to God, okay, if you just make it through this mess, one day God is going to justify your situation. He's going to make the devil look at you. Come on now. I can't wait. All the mess that I've gone through. Justify me, Lord. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, <laughs> if God is for us, who can be against us, huh? Oh, you, this, this ought to be milking in your soul right now. If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not? Also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Oh, in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your situation, God always prepares a way of an escape. Hallelujah. He always prepares a way. But some of us get in our own way and try to make our own way of an escape. Our ways are not God's ways. Listen, I used to be so consumed about the things I used to do. The sins I used to commit. The sins I'm continually to commit. But God told me, he said, hey, if you just cast your cares upon me, I will cast your cares into the depths of the sea. And so I began to watch National Geographic. 
and there are some parts of the sea that man can't even reach. They say if you go so far down, it begins to crumble things. So if God tells me that he will cast my sins into the depths of the sea, we ought to just leave them there. But some of us can't. We put on our scuba diving gear and keep scuba diving, trying to research on how we used to do things. Leave those things alone. Some of us are struggling with the same sins for 10 and 12 years. Come on now. Struggling with the fleshy things. God says he forgives us of those sins. Let them go and let God. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who? (laughs) Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Uh Uh-huh. Or hardship? Uh Uh-huh. Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Danger? Sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor the presence, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in our Lord Christ Jesus. I don't care what you throw at me right now. I don't care what the devil tries to put on my back. All I know that I'm loving to love Jesus every day, and I'm so focused on him that you can't do nothing to separate me from the love of God. Some of you are going through some powerful struggles right now, but don't let the devil steal your joy. God has got victory. Listen, 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 listen while I read this. Have mercy on this file. The only safeguard against evil is the indwelling of Christ in the heart through faith in his righteousness. It is because selfishness exists in our hearts that temptation has power over us. But when we behold the great love of God, selfishness appears to us in its hideous and repulsive character. And we desire to have it expelled from the soul. As the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ, our hearts are softened and subdued. The temptation loses its power and the grace of Christ transforms character. All this is saying, the closer you get to Christ, the more you read the word, the more you stay focused on God, you become disgusted with yourself. Come on, let's keep it real. The closer I walk to God, the more I get to see myself. 
the closer I walk to God, the more I see my insufficiencies. The closer I get to God, the more I see the mess that I am. But at the same time, the closer I get to God, he's showing me how much he loves me. The closer I get to God, he's getting this stuff off my back. The closer I walk to God, he's lifting me higher. The closer I walk to God, he's sanctifying me. The closer I get to God, he's raising me. The closer I get to God, he's focusing me. The closer I get to God, he ultimately is going to save me. Christ will never abandon the soul for whom he has died. The soul may leave him. Uh-huh. The soul may leave him and be overwhelmed with temptation, but Christ can never turn from one for whom he has paid ransom with his own life. He ain't going to turn his back on you. No matter what you think you listen, some of us think we have done so much bad. How can God love this mess? God says, "Oh, listen, in that love, come on, listen, in that love that God Himself says, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter what you've done in your life, I'll never turn my back on you. I love you so much that I'm going to even chase you to save you." The Bible says that his blessings will overtake you. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what he said? Sometimes I'm just walking and the Lord blesses me. Oh, Lord, I didn't think. Me and my wife have been trying to have a baby for years. Come on. We thought we were done. We started looking into adoption. We start, Lord, okay, it's not your will. But guess what? We're going to bless somebody. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because of our home background. Huh? Mom and dad took how many people in? Listen. Listen, sometimes we didn't even have our own beds to sleep in. There were so many people in our house. Pine Forge Choir come, everybody sleeping in there. You see what I'm saying? But listen, if it wasn't because of Ron and Phyllis, I wouldn't be here. Come on now. If it wasn't because of Myron saying, Lord, let mom let them come stay, I wouldn't be here. But listen how Lord works. He took me from a messed up situation. Took me from a messed up situation. Oh, you don't know who he, your mom died, I understand. And see, listen. Whew. Listen. We use every excuse not to get close to God. Come on now. We, we, some of us have been through some mess. Let's keep it real. Some of us have been through some God shown up mess. But everything that, listen, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know who my real dad is. That was my excuse at first. Okay, I'm going to put you in a family situation. Lord, I, I need somebody to love me. I'm going to give you people to love you. Lord, I, I need somebody for my own. I'm going to give you a wife. Lord, I need to do this. I was making every excuse to do sin. Use my, my own hangups as an excuse to do what I want to do. But God said, listen, everything, listen, even when I was a mess, he still was blessing me. Come on now. Even when I was a. Even when I was a mess, he was still blessing me. But he said, your focus is wrong. 
Stop making excuses to do sin. Listen, I'm blessing you despite of yourself. So can you imagine if you just turn your heart over to me, how much more that I'm willing to give you? Listen, see, we're blessed even though we're doing wrong, but how many more blessings we are to have if we're walking in the light of the Lord? The scriptures are full of so many blessings that we are entitled to, but we are also entitled to some things that we don't even deserve. Could our spiritual vision be quickened? We should see souls bowed under oppression and burdened with grief. Pressed as a cart beneath sheaves and ready to die in discouragement. We should see angels. Lord, thank you. We should see angels flying swiftly to the aid of these tempted ones who are standing. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Flying swiftly to the aids to those who are tempted, who are standing as on the brink of a precipice to destroy themselves. The angels from heaven force back the host of evil that encampus around these souls and guide them to plant their feet on a sure foundation. The battles waging between the two armies are as real as those fought by the armies of this world. And on this issue of the spiritual conflict, eternal destinies depend on Christ. Oh, we're in war. Play something for me. Myron kind of gave you a, a synopsis of my life. The year was 1984. And I'm going to a funeral of my... He's right about how we take people in. My mother, God rest her soul, was in love with this man. Let me tell you how this situation is. She was in love with this man so much that she accepted him and his girlfriend and the three kids. Come on now. Come on, don't, don't act strange. Come on now. We, we watch this, this stuff on TV every day. But because I'm in this church and I'm preaching it, oh, oh my God, oh my, Jesus help us. Are we real? Let's be real about this thing. Let's be real about it. Come on now. Man, you're killing me with this. So she accepts him. I almost said something. And his girl. And the three kids. Isaac, Jamal, and Walter. And I'm little. I'm about 9, 10. So I don't know what's going on. So naturally, they come to stay with us. I treat them as my brothers. When they go to school, I go to school. When we eat, they eat. Things happen, I'm there to protect them. One day, my mom came to her senses. Thank you, Jesus. And she kicked them out the house. 
But the personal bond that I had with these boys, because they stayed with us for two years, couldn't be broken. And so my stepdad, he was an abusive guy, very abusive. I, I would come home sometimes and see my mom crying. And I, I seen him one day take this piece of wood and smack her with it. Thank God I didn't turn out that way. So she kick him out. They go live somewhere. By this time, he had another daughter on his own, Stormy. Okay. So him and his girlfriend get into this fight. And so he says, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. So story has it. That one night he goes and he gets his daughter Stormy and leaves the three boys in the house. He wasn't convicted of this, but we know that he set the house on fire and killed those three boys. Look, look at God, though. Look at God. So before these three boys died, I remember that they used to go to church on Saturday. Mother Bowers used to pick them up, bring them to church every Sabbath. And so the funeral was at a Seventh-day Adventist church. And guess who the pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist church was? Myron's dad. Look how God is just, he's lining stuff up for me, but I didn't even know. Come on now, watch this. Watch this. So at the funeral, I can remember Letitia singing. And my dad is preaching. Fast forward a little bit. Two years later, my mom loses her job. We were middle class too, but... When you get AIDS, you, you can't work what you used to work. She was a nurse. So we move. To one of the worst infested places that I could. I wouldn't even wish it on my, my worst enemy. Every day you wake up, rats and roaches everywhere. Getting tired of it. So my mom takes me down to the Section 8 office to meet with her caseworker, who was my mom, Phyllis Edmonds. Come on now, God is working. God is working. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him. So we're sitting down. And my mother says, I'm down to my last dime. Can't get a job. Don't know what to do. But I got these two kids. Because all my other brothers and sisters were grown at the time. But I got these two kids who deserve better than the mess that I put them in. So, the Lord is good. He impressed 
my mother, Phyllis Edmonds, to not only give us some food stamps. Oh, Lord, I thank God for food stamps. Oh, I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. See, 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 some people don't want to work. But my mom, she was a hard worker. But she lost her job in a different way. But she wanted to provide for her children anyway. So food stamps kept me. So not only did she bless us with that, but she took it a step further and said, well, listen, I got this nice house. And you can bring your two kids over anytime you want. They can come over every weekend. Take them to church. Do this and that. So... My sister, she couldn't, she couldn't, sometimes you can take, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. I was drinking this water because I, I saw something. I saw, listen, listen, don't change your lifestyle for anybody. When, when I got to the house, the first thing that I recognized was there's something spiritual going on in this house. Even at a young age, I knew something. Music playing in the basement. We're praying on Friday night, eating good on Saturday. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a good meal sometimes. So, speeding things along, I would go over there every Saturday. And, and mind you, my, remember, I used to walk. Walked two miles from Asbury Park to Neptune through a graveyard to get to his house. Because, listen, the Lord, when he has you, he's going to protect you and guide you. So those two miles didn't seem long to me because I know I was going someplace where I knew that love was there. And so I would walk. Get there. Listen. We were so poor, I didn't even know what a towel was. We get to the house, there's a towel, then there's a medium towel, and then there's a large towel. I'm washing and drying off with my washcloth. So I go to this house, I'm like, these people are rich. Come on now. See, y'all ain't from the hood. Come on now. I'm from the hood where we washed and dry with this. Ring that sucker out, dry yourself off. Come on now. Come on. Come on. But listen, listen, listen. It was time for mom and dad to, he got a call to Washington, D.C. to go to DuPont. And so they left. And my whole world shook up because that's all I knew. Well, couple months later, my mom, Phyllis, calls my mom Inez and says, I know this is going to be a tough thing to ask, but the Holy Spirit has impressed me to ask, can we take your son to live with us for the rest of his life? Now, check this out. For a mother to give up her son that she loves is not an easy thing. Come on now, let's keep it real. 
my mom, my mom was a great mother. She just made some bad choices that affected not just, listen, what point I got to make. Your decisions just don't affect you. Yo, you, you might think, oh, I, I can do whatever I want, but best believe your decisions does not just affect you. But my mother struggled with it. But she knew that she couldn't provide for me. So she says, come get my son. They come get me. Put me in DuPont. Sent me to Pine Forge. And the thing about it was I still kept in contact with my mom. My senior year. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. My senior year at Pine Forge, I called my mom up. My mom, Inez. I don't want to confuse y'all. My mom, Inez. And I said, Mom, I'm graduating this year. And I would love to see your face at my graduation. Graduation day comes and she doesn't show up. So I'm angry. You said you love me, Mom. You said you'd always be there for me. Why turn your back on me now? This is a, a milestone in my life. So I'm hurt, but I'm excited at the same time. So graduation comes. We get home on Sunday. So Ron and Phyllis calls me up to the room and say, we got something to tell you. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm graduating. It's supposed to be high times for me. But I could see in their faces that they were agonizing to tell me something. And they said, the reason why your mom didn't come, because she's in a hospital and she's dying of AIDS. that anger I had in my heart (sighs) turned to love. Be careful how you get angry with people. Because you never know it might be your last time that you could ever say something to them. So they took me to go see her. At this time, she, she had lost a lot of weight, but she was able to still talk and do certain things. And she says, son, I know I've disappointed you, but I never stopped loving you. And I know that I couldn't afford to give you all the finer things in my life, but God showed me who could. That's why I let you go. And it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. That was May. She lived about four more years. 
I was at Oakwood College and I received the call and said, you need to get home. Your mom, she, she's not going to make it. I, so I talked to my brother on the phone and I said, well, can mom hear anything? They said she can hear, but she can't talk. So I said, put the phone to her ear. And I says, mom, you can't die until I see your face. I need you. And I need to see you one more time. So fly from Alabama to Pennsylvania. And at this point in time, she's in a hospital. And probably the worst thing for me that day was going into the hospital and seeing the mother who brought you into this world in this room where they isolate you because you're You're diseased, so they isolate you. And, and when you go into this room, you got to put on gloves, you got to put on a mask, got to put on a gown. I don't know how much love you have for your mom or dad, but that, that mask couldn't keep me from taking it off and kissing her on her forehead to let her know how much I loved her. And so the doctors, at that point in time, we can't give her any more medication unless we veins had dried up. So the only way that we can give her more medication is we put a needle in her neck and put the medication through her neck. Oh, that's enough. No, we're going to take our mom out of here and put her in the hospice. This was on a Sabbath, right before Mother's Day. That Saturday... My mom asked me to read her some words from the Bible. And so I began to read her some scriptures. And then she says, son, would you pray for me? And so I began to pray. And then after I finished my prayer, my mom got enough strength to to say, now I want to pray. So she says, Lord, I'm leaving this place. I've fought the good fight, and I've done all I can for my children. I know I didn't live a good life, and I've made some poor decisions, but don't let my decisions affect my kids. And so as she musters up just enough strength, she looks to the sky, and she says, Lord, when I wake up again, I want to see my son Edward there. And so she looks at me and says, son, are you going to be there? And I look back at her and I said, mom, I'm going to be there. And so she looks back up to God and says, you heard him. Now help him keep his promise. I promise the Lord that no matter what, I'm going to see my mother again. So, so don't sit here and tell me that God can't do the unthinkable. Did you see how that thing lined up? Did you see it? Even when I couldn't see it. And see, the thing about it is the Lord is not going to force you to do anything. 
my sister had the same opportunities that I did, but she didn't make the right choice. But I'd had enough sense to know that there was something better for me than the life I was living. And if we just take one step, God can do the rest. Somebody right here who knows my story might have a different twist to it, might have a different uh, taste to it. But the situation is the same. It's a dire situation. It looks bleak, cloudy. You can't even see how you're going to get out of it. But I'm here to tell you that this is not a book. This is my life. And what God can do for me, he sure enough can do it for you. Come on, somebody. Somebody need to come and take this chance. Oh, I've been through it. Should have just given up a long time ago. But God had his hand on me. And what he's willing to do for me, he can do for you. Won't somebody come today? Oh, stop struggling with it. The same God who took me out of the ghettos, ordained my steps, put me in a better situation, can do the same for you if you just give him that opportunity. I used to be embarrassed to tell that story. The jokes I used to hear. I used to, how did your mom pass and she died of the flu? Yeah, making excuses. And the Lord had to stop me. Your mom loved you, boy. Use that situation as a testimony because somebody needs to hear it. Get off your feet. Come let the Lord do something for you right now. I plead with you. Tomorrow is not promised. It's not. God is looking for people to bring you out. Listen, the only thing that God wants from us is to make our bad situation into a testimony. It's it's no embarrassment in Jesus. What are you embarrassed for? It's no embarrassment in Jesus. But it takes a soldier to admit when they're wrong. It takes a soldier to come boldly before the throne. It takes a soldier to say, Lord, I'm messed up. It ain't no do right in me. But with you, all things are possible. Won't you give your life today? If you need me to come walk you down, listen. I don't know how much real I can get. Don't walk out of here thinking that you're promised tomorrow. I got a brother who's 45 years old and he's in ICU right now. You talking about stuff being thrown at me? But I know that there's power in the blood. 
So no matter what the devil throws at me, I'm focused on my mission. And my mission is to save souls and get to the kingdom. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to close. Somebody needs to come. Hard not your hearts. There's peace. Just waiting for you. fatherless my mother passed didn't know anything about love but God replaced all of that bad in my life with some good stuff (laughs) he replaced all of that bad that, that nasty dingy taste in my mouth that situation that was that was supposed to do me to death the only one that graduated from high school in my family the only son that didn't sell any drugs or do any time but it wasn't because of me it's because of God's grace and his mercy that kept me won't you let him do it for you I'm man enough to cry because I know that God is good to me. And it didn't stop. Listen, if you just come to Jesus and think it's going to be hunky-dory, I'm I'm here to tell you it's not. Myron and I have been on the phone every other day praying for our family. Only if you knew the half of what me and him talk about, the devil is still busy in our family. The man who I idolized, my dad, divorce is tearing our family apart, but God is in the restoration business. And I'm not giving up on that situation. He didn't bring them two together to bring me and then to break it apart. And even if they don't get back together, my prayer is, Lord, save both my parents. Do what you have to do in their lives because they bless me, now bless them. It ain't easy. It's not easy. Won't you come today? Thank you, Lord. Why do you preach so hard? Because I know.